This episode is sponsored by Squirrel Sisters. Squirrel Sisters is a health and wellness company founded by sisters Gracie and Sophie Tyrrell, who are on a mission to help you treat your health. As we all know, I love my food, but one thing I tend to struggle with is the balance between being healthy and indulging in quote-unquote snacks. I like to keep my sugar consumption reasonably low without restricting myself on tasty treats and that's where Squirrel Sisters come in. They have a range of healthy snacks, bars and nibbles that can be found in stores across the nation including Waitrose, Holland and Barrett, Selfridges and online on Amazon. All their products are 100% natural, vegan, gluten-free and made with the highest quality ingredients and most importantly, do not have any added sugars. It's a win-win for all. My personal favourite is the Cacao Orange Energy Bars, which taste just like a Terry's Chocolate Orange, but without all the bad stuff. Follow the brand on Instagram, at Squirrel Sisters. And now for the episode. Hello and welcome to the Crazy Sexy Food Podcast. I'm Hannah Harley-Young, a photographer by trade and a foodie at heart. Each week, I sit down and chat all things food with well-known foodies, industry insiders, chefs and people who just love their food. Today, I'm joined by Rebecca Ferguson, the British singer-songwriter who came to prominence in 2010 when she appeared on The X Factor. Since then, she has gained huge recognition with her debut album, Heaven, in 2011, which was certified two times platinum, and she has been nominated for two MOBOs, MTV Music Award and Glamour's Woman of the Year Award. This was followed by three more albums, which is three more opportunities to hear her soulful, velvety voice. Born in Liverpool, Rebecca dreamed of being a singer from a young age, and her dreams did not let her down. Several albums later, she has just released her new single, Nothing Left But Family, with the undisputed music maestro, Niall Rogers. It doesn't get better than that in my eyes. Rebecca, what a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. Thanks a lot. It's it's so lovely to see you. I mean, we haven't actually met, but I... We were just having a little chat beforehand yeah. and I actually kind of feel like I do know you. Also, may I just say that I'm obsessed with your accent? Oh. I'm, like, uh, you could just talk to me and it'll just be, it'll just like, oh. it's like music to my ears. Well, you know what's funny? <laughs> when I first moved down south, I used to try and speak, I, I my mum would say properly because my mum speaks like really good English and she'd be like, come on, Rebecca, speak properly. But now I've just learned, as I've got older, I'm like, this is who I am. This is how I speak. And, you know, it is oh, no. what it is. Keep, yeah. keep at it. I love it. Yeah. And I, sometimes when I'm drunk, I, I try and do a terrible <laughs> Liverpudlian accent and an Irish accent. But I'm not I'm not going to do that today. Well, <laughs> I, I do accents. I have to be careful because sometimes I, I just will cut, do it like in conversation. And I always end up round Americans in work. And they think I'm like, you know, taking the mickey out of them. And I'm not, I just do accents. Oh, that's brilliant. That's so, you probably do it sober. I do, I don't know what it is about you sort of have a bit to drink and you suddenly think that you can like speak anything. Yeah. You, or I also sometimes think that I'm fluent in French when I'm drunk as well. Yeah, but absolutely. I mean, that, that's another conversation for another day. Yeah. I always ask and start my interviews with asking what you had for breakfast today. Oh, I'm not proud of it, but I made, you know what it is? Me, me daughter went strawberry picking. And so I made for the first time homemade jam. 
And oh so, my god! Yeah, I know, I know. I was quite proud of myself. This is what happens when we're in lockdown. I start making jam. That's amazing. <laughs> so, how, I, so how did you make it? So I just uh, boiled. I put the strawberries in a pan. No, I left the strawberries to soak overnight in sugar with and covered them up. Um, and then the next morning, I boiled them for about ten minutes, and then let them rest another two minutes, and then boiled them again until they came to like a good little consistency and then we sieved the strawberries through and like took off some of the excess and then I bought little jam jars um and then once oh it was cool put it in the um in the fridge so I tested out my jam today and had a cross up with jam <laughs> like... oh my god I'm okay I think you should be incredibly proud of that I'm really <laughs> impressed <laughs> I was quite shocked. I don't know where I don't know where the idea. I think it was because the strawberries were looking a little bit like they could have went off. So I thought, okay, well, let's yeah. make jam. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I need to do something like that. Actually, that brings me on to asking how you've been getting on during lockdown because you are indeed the first singer and musician that I've had on the podcast. Oh. So I wanted to know whether it's been a time of creativity for you. Have you been able to sort of write or sort of record? Like, how has it been going? I've actually found myself being more creative than I would normally be because I've been at home and normally life's just busy for me. Um, but because we've all been in lockdown, I've found myself writing or I stay up late sometimes. Like the kids, I find because I've got the three kids, I find it hard to concentrate when I'm at home. But like I'll just stay up with a glass of red wine and write music. So I've been enjoying doing that. It's been fun. And how's the homeschooling going? You know what? It went we, <laughs> the first couple of weeks. I've got to be honest, it was really hard. And then I got into a swing of it and I had a little folder and I was quite proud, you know, quite proud of what I was doing. So Absolutely. Fine at the end of it, at the beginning, really bad. Yeah. And aside from your jam making skills, how has your food been going during COVID? Because I have just let myself go. I'm just, yeah. I'm going to say it. I've let myself go. I'm not happy about it, but it is what it is. Yeah, I've got to be honest. This is the first week I've, been thinking actually you need to get back to healthy now because you know lockdown's lifting but I've got to be honest I wasn't mm, I wasn't looking after myself at all I think because we were so bored though it was just eating having nice glasses of wine I mean yeah I've, I've not been the healthiest if I'm honest no but I think that's it like boredom eating is a really big problem for me yeah because actually you're probably not even hungry but you just sort of find yourself in the kitchen yeah. and you're like oh no I'll just have another little piece of that or and, and like baking I was baking yeah, so baking. much at the yeah. beginning like what am I doing because yeah. I'm just baking for myself yeah. essentially but in, in in another way though I found and it sounds silly because we had time I was enjoying food more because it was becoming mm. a thing like with the family it was like ooh, we've got an apple pie you know like I know mm. it sounds silly like normally you make dinner for the children or whatever and you put it together but there was more I don't know there's more enjoyment in it so a bit like how the Italians Absolutely. do it you know with food they really take the time they enjoy it so we were um we enjoyed it yeah I just need to lose the weight now <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the hard part yeah so I just want to take it back to your childhood a little bit. You grew up in the North, you were, you were born in Liverpool. Yeah. 
what were you eating growing up? Who was cooking? Um, your father was of Jamaican yeah, descent. Yeah. You know, what was food important? What was what was the kind of environment? Well, my mum studied food nutrition. So my mum was, oh. yeah, she was obsessed with food and healthy food and um, everything was made from scratch. She was obsessed with carrots for some reason. She thinks they're a superfood. Um, and so I had a very healthy, you know, it was healthy food growing up. The only treat that we would have was we lived next to a bakery. And <laughs> that's why I'm into pastry. And at night, they used to sell the cakes and the little pastries for like really cheap, for like 10 pence oh, or something. To sort of like to get rid of them at the so end of the day. So we used to run round. <laughs> We used to, so I ended up getting it stuck with me, the pastry loving, but we used to run around and get all the pastries. Um, but generally, it was quite healthy food. With the Jamaican side of the family, yeah, it was jerk chicken, plantain, um, yeah, lots of amazing flavours. My mum liked to use a lot of spices as well, strong flavours, really, yeah. And so was your mum the main cook in the family, would you say? Yeah, I'd say definitely she was, yeah. she And she loves food. And were you interested in sort of like helping her with making the meals? I think my mum started to allow me to cook when we got, I got to like the teenage years, really. Um, she kind of liked to do it herself. I found that with me Jamaican side of the family as well, especially with me, me nana. She had these amazing recipes, but she it's it's like she wanted to keep them hidden. Like, no, 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 you're not old enough for that recipe. Um, so I, I wouldn't really get to cook much until maybe teens. And then my mum would then say, you make the dinner tonight. Yeah. Now, now, now you're an adult, yeah. you can start doing it yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I obviously mentioned, you know, that music was always what you wanted to do and and you know and you ended up embarking on on that journey but how was that path to the point I guess that you're at now and obviously a lot has happened in yeah. that time um but in terms of if we're talking just to the point of you actually getting onto X Factor, yeah, what was was that experience challenging? Did you find it easy? You know, what were the hurdles that you sort of faced prior to X Factor? I found it really hard. Actually, I'd been trying for years. I used to get on the coach, and it, I think it used to stop at every single place in England before it got to London. <laughs> it spent ten pound, and it'd take me all around the world. But I, I'd done that because I wanted to work with people in London because it was the place to be for music. So I'd come down to London every two weeks and record with people. I'd been trying for years recording with DJs. I got ripped off so many times as well. You know, I'd lend my vocals to things and it was a it was a real struggle. And I actually wanted to quit because I'd just had enough of it. Um, it wasn't a very pleasant industry. And then I got an email about X Factor. I must have signed up at the end of, um, you know, at the end of the episode, they always say next year yeah. if you want to be on the show. So I'd, yeah. I'd forgotten that I'd signed up and got the email to say, do you want to come to this interview on Saturday? Um, and then I wasn't going to go. Um, and then I, t I ended up going to the audition, sorry, um, and got through. Yeah. You know, you went on to The X Factor in 2010, which was the seventh season, but you had auditioned in past seasons. And how did you feel and, and deal with those moments of not getting onto those series? Because what, what I really admire is the determination. Yeah. 
And I guess there was self-belief that you were like, no, I'm going to brush myself off and try and, and try yeah. again. Uh, I've got to be honest, that I did doubt myself. When, I, when auditions weren't going well for me, I, I started to question myself and I thought, maybe I'm one of those ones that's not very good, but people are too scared to tell me because they know I love singing. And I, But I think the difference between when I wasn't getting through and when I did finally get through was um, I kind of, how can I put it? When I turned up to the last X Factor audition, I had more of a whatever will be, will be type attitude. So I was quite, I was just a bit more relaxed and, and I went happy and not scared, not as scared. I went, you know, come on, let's just enjoy the day. And so my attitude was different. And with that energy, you know, I got through, yeah. I feel like that happens sometimes. I guess it's sort of like, when you've you've built yeah. something so high up that you go in, you're not going to be naturally nervous any anyway. But everything's yeah. resting on this moment. You then sort of you you try a few more times, and I think I guess by the third time you were kind of like, yeah. you know what? The worst has happened. It hasn't it hasn't worked out. So yeah. like I'm here again. If it happens, it happens, and if it doesn't, and then I that's probably your your natural self coming through yeah, yeah, in yeah. that third audition. That was yeah. probably the true yeah, Rebecca true. Yeah. that was there. I just kind of thought, you know what? Today I, I'm going to enjoy today. And I'm, you know, whatever will be, will be. And then with that, I got through. And before you actually see Simon and all the judges, you have to have pre-rounds. So this was the pre-round that I first got through. Um, and I remember the man gave me like a golden ticket, like something out of Willy Wonka. And I was like... Oh really? I was stood there for all five minutes arguing with them saying, really? I've got Is the golden ticket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Oh my gosh. You know what's funny? I don't know if many people know about this about, about me, but um, I was trained as a singer for eight years when I was at school. And I always had this sort of alter ego that I honestly, I would yeah. have loved to have been like a performer, yeah. like, but sing, like a singer. But I had horrific, yeah. horrific stage fright. And that's why I never pursued it. So every, and I would watch X Factor. Yeah. I mean, I, I I watched you on X Factor. I watched everyone on X Factor and I'd look at these people and I'd be like, you know, these people are just like me, but I just yeah. can't get to that level of even imagining, let alone standing in front of a group of 20 people, but putting myself out to millions of people is just so admirable. And I actually just want to ask as a, as a personal question, what is that experience like? You know, what is it like going through this X Factor experience and just, I mean, going from zero to a hundred pretty much um, overnight? I've got to be honest, it was... At first, it was good. So, like, the first two weeks, it was actually quite nice. And then there was a moment when I got the children ready and we went shopping in Liverpool. And I was just surrounded by a sea of people and I couldn't move. And the kids were only toddlers at the time. And I just felt fear. And I didn't feel very protected, if I'm honest, because I wasn't... Obviously, when you're in the bubble, you're protected. Um... But all of a sudden I was out on my own with no security and hundreds of people around surrounding me because the show was really big back then. And I felt quite vulnerable. I had to move house. Um, I had to just leave my house because people used to come and sit outside Gosh. of my house, like stalkers and things. Uh, so I felt, if I'm honest, it it's quite scary. Um, 
and there should be more things in place. Incredibly yeah, you know, you definitely need more people or you know people to look after you because it's it um and I was only twenty two when I was on that show. Like I was a baby. I think you know I was a baby. Um, so when I look back, you know, although I'm very grateful, um, it's it's a bit weird. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird time. Mm, no, no, I understand. I mean, obviously, and you know, nowadays, uh, reality TV, you know, has its pros, yeah. but it also has yeah. a lot of cons. And you know, we we have seen it with a lot of very sad stories that have sort of come about yeah. from it in in recent years. I just want to sort of bring it back to the food. You're sort of now in your 20s, you ha- you're, you're in your career. What was your relationship with food like sort of during this period of time? Because now you're, yeah. you have a profile, you know, now you are a household name, you know, that must change. Does it change your mental state as to, you know, what you want to eat, what you can eat? Are people making comments? You know, there must be quite a lot of pressure at that point. The first celebrity type events I was going to, um, I mean, this is 10, 10 years ago. A lot of the women surrounding me were very tiny and they had uh, bodies like, uh, like, to me, they look like little girls. The figures were very childlike. In those days, 10 years ago, to be a size zero was a celebrated thing. Whereas now we've educated ourselves and we've realised we can't do that. But when I first came on the scene, it was seen as a great thing. Oh, she's a size zero. Oh, that's amazing. And you got complimented if you fitted into a sample size. And to me, as a northern girl who was used to having you know, a fry up every weekend, it was a strange thing to see what, to me, they just looked like little girls. Um, and then I started to lose weight because I was so busy. And when you're so busy, you're just kind of grabbing what you can at every stop mm-hmm. that you can. So if I'm honest, diet wasn't thought out very well. It was just get, grab her a sandwich, grab her this or that. And so I started to lose weight. And at one point I dropped um to pretty much a size zero it was really wow. and to me it was terrible no it was really bad and I went to a shoot and they had um couture you know I won't say the designer because I don't want to insult the designer but they had couture um just you know designer pieces for me and I remember the whole room being really joyful at the fact that I fitted into this couture runway outfit and at that moment, there was like a light bulb moment and I just thought, oh, this is too weird. This is not the world I want to be in. Why have we got a load of people that are much older than me, bear in mind I was 22, mm. celebrating the fact that I am starving. I was just like, this is not, this isn't for me. I mean, aside from it being unhealthy, you know, that kind yeah. of lifestyle, as I'm sure you can confirm, is just like long-term unobtainable like yeah, okay you lost food, weight yeah. because you were busy and you know your career had just kind of skyrocketed you know you were in a whole different dimension but you know it, I, we're kind of similar age and maybe you felt this yeah. I don't know I'd actually like wonder your opinion on this you know I grew up in the yeah. 90s where 
it was very much celebrated yeah. to be skinny. And it was that whole kind of like yeah. heroin chic look, you know, it was super skinny models in all of the magazines. And, you know, you wanted to wear yeah. your trousers super low slung, whereas I'm naturally a curvy girl. And yeah, maybe at the time I was I was a bit overweight, um, but I I had huge confidence issues in those times because these days, I do believe that a healthier looking body is celebrated now. Now, for whatever reason that might be, I'm not going to mention that particular family in America that is a reality family. (laughs) But um, if there was one positive that I could find (laughs) from that realm of life is that they have brought the curves into fashion. Right. You know, because before that was going on, I'm sorry. Yeah, it wasn't. And it wasn't cool to have a big bum, as they say, that it wasn't cool to have big hips or thighs. It was very, you was fat. I mean, that was my upbringing, which is wrong. Yeah. 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 And then fast forwarding to to present day, what's your relationship with food like sort of at the moment? Let's let's pretend that COVID doesn't exist for a minute. (laughs) Let's pop COVID as if I haven't just... (laughs) at loads um generally speaking so pre-covid um i'm someone that um i like to buy organic as much as i can although not religiously because it's it's hard um so i I believe in organic foods fresh juices again that's probably from my mom the way she's brought me up but I'm not somebody that will go to a party and not eat the cake. So Good my life's balanced now. So it's like, because what I, I did do, I went on a few diets, like silly fad diets where, you know, I'd drop weight. Um, but then as my life resumed, it made weight to go back to the size I am. And so what I learned was, you know, life's about happiness and balance and okay for the majority of your life you should eat healthy but if you're going to go to a nice wedding or you're going to go to a nice event or it's saturday night and you've had a nice hard working week you know don't deny yourself little treats so i I live a very balanced life generally (laughs) pre-covid but um yeah it's all just balanced now everything's just about absolutely living life yeah what do you eat normally sort of before you've got a performance i'm always interested Uh... by this one what do I eat? I tend to eat because of singing. Um, for me, I don't. I don't like to eat um, loads just before I go on stage. But I eat a lot when I when I come off because the energy level, <laughs> my energy levels drop. Um, and it tends to be. I don't know really. I'm not. I'm not fussy really. I'm normally that hungry after I've been on stage. Generally, when I'm touring, I eat really healthy though because. Um, because you can get so tired, you can get sick, and it tends to be all on me. So the band, they'll be just living life, having fun every day, eating what they want. But when it comes to touring, I'm very much uh, salads. Um, I do go really healthy then, um, because I have to, because if not, I get sick, yeah. Funnily enough, I've um, had a few photography jobs in the years where I've kind of gone on a tour, not not for musicians. And I actually find it really difficult when I get out of my normal day to day routine to keep up the healthy eating. Yeah. I mean, I'm very much the same as you. It is all about balance. I will not say no to a piece of yeah. cake ever because like, yeah. why? Yeah, yeah, Life's yeah. too short. Yeah. 
But as soon as things, like even with COVID, well, actually life changed a bit. So then I started, I think I was just overcompensating. So yeah, that's why yeah. I've just been eating everything that I can find in sight. I actually think this, because uh, I watched this uh, psychologist speak on um on instagram and she was talking about there's actual like psychological survival things in that as well you know because we were facing a hidden enemy and normally in the wild survival is to eat you know because that makes you strong and i know i'm probably making excuses for i have absolutely stuffed my face no but it's true (laughs) but the psychologist did say (laughs) if she said it then it's right and let's just continue with what we're doing rebecca let's just continue Now that you have been at home for so long, what what are some of your specialities when you're cooking for the family? Uh, I make a really good jerk chicken, actually. Um, but it's more a jerk stew because I don't grill mine. Oh, yeah, nice. I, I put it in a pot and put lots of garlic, ginger. I just mix it all in, and so I'm quite I'm enjoying that at the minute. Yeah, lovely. And do you what would you serve that with? Uh, just rice, really. Yeah, just rice. Um, tomatoes as well. When you have been at home i mean do, are, are your children eating all the same sorts of foods as you are they quite are they quite good with their food are they fussy um to be fair most of the children are good arabella who's the youngest she can be fussy but i found myself with during covid being a bit more um how can i put it putting my foot down like i was a bit like no arabella like this is a good meal and there's people really suffering right now who don't have food and this is a decent meal and then she kind of listened she was like oh, okay mummy and then she'd eat it and go oh it's quite nice I was like see oh, <laughs> so um yeah generally the kids are good apart from Annabella but during Covid I was a bit more you know no come on try it and she she started to like new things you just released your single yeah. with Nile. And can I just say, isn't he the most incredible person yeah. ever? I've also had the privilege of working with him on a shoot uh, a couple of years ago. And he is just Isn't he? Isn't everything. he? He's just cool. He's the coolest person I've ever met. I just, you know what? I just, well, I yeah. want to be Nile Rogers when I'm older. Like, I, know, I just want just to be him. him. He's just the, he's the coolest. <laughs> what was that like? I just need to know um, everything. It, it was just, you know what? He was really, he inspired me a lot, actually. Um, because when I started to work with Nile, I'd kind of, like I've previously said, you know, been through the mill, you know, seen it all in the industry. Um, and I was starting to become a bit disillusioned with it all. And then I met Niall, who's just so full of happiness, positivity, joy about music. And everything that came out of his mouth about music was positive. And it made me go, oh, wow, I want some of that. Like, why is he so happy? And it was because he's got, he's, because mm. he's, it, the bad times in his life have made him appreciate the good times. And so he has this appreciation for life and this idea that you have to constantly be thinking and saying positive words and it comes back to you. And so he, he really changed me as a person, not just musically, but as a person, how I think. I feel like we've both been in situations where we've been around, you know, very well-known people, yeah. very successful people. But I think there's very few when you're in the room with them that like change the energy. And I think that he's one of those people. I'm sure you did, but I know I did. You know, I grew up to his music. So being around someone like that, I'm just like, you've written the soundtrack of my whole life. (laughs) 
Did you feel quite nervous Very, like yeah, getting into the recording studio with him? I would have been I would have literally been like No, it was, I, I did. I was this. just like yeah, I remember because he just called me in because I wasn't meant to record from the day I recorded with him. And he said, oh, Rebecca, come and listen to this. So I've got in, had a little listen and then said, oh, this would sound good. And he just sent me in the booth to go and sing. And I was like, OK. And then um, I was texting my brother going, oh, my God, I'm recording with Niall. Like I was so, yeah, I was really excited and but really nervous, actually. Yeah, I was really nervous. And as lockdown starts to ease up a little bit where are some of your favorite restaurants to eat at ah i love going to la familia in chelsea la familia it's like an i Italian love la familia oh it's so nice yes oh, i love it's, it it's so pretty in there it's just it's so it's just lovely isn't it it's like homely and yeah. you know when like restaurants put bread on the table yeah. which obviously i just inhale yeah um they do this they do this amazing bread with like this olive tapenade oh. and i every time i mean i've only been there a, a, a handful of times but I, re- I what i remember is that every time i go there i always eat so much bread that i'm too full to yes, eat they- my anything else yeah, that, that's my favorite part is that olive tapenade that's my favorite bit just eating the bread it's so nice it's, i mean bread yeah. is life let's be honest it is and i also love boys actually oh uh, do you know what i haven't been there oh no it's nice yeah i love going to the one in uh is it belgravia the belgravia one's lovely yeah really nice you were yeah. um performing there weren't you yeah well i sang there and then i've ended up like it bec- it's become the place that I go to whenever I'm in London. So I actually need to brand new places Lovely. because now if I have a nice house, I'm in Boysdale. Yeah. I always finish my chats with a few quick fire questions. Ooh, okay. So my favourite snack of all time is a packet of crisps. What is your favourite flavour of crisps and why? My favourite crisps are cheese and chive i think well those quite quite okay. rare you don't really get them so cheese and chive that is quite, yeah. quite rare i always think cheese and chive is like a real american yeah. crisp so like what like who like who does a i cheese don't actually know who does it anymore i don't but like that is my favorite flavor <laughs> she just really <laughs> loves like them. them i just don't see them much <laughs> okay what is the craziest food you've ever eaten oh. What have I had? I've had a few weird things that I've politely had to eat. Um, oh, it's normally things like fish things to do with fish. Nothing too crazy, though. Do you like oysters? Have you tried oysters? I love oysters, but I think I'm allergic to them, but I absolutely love them. But every time I've had them, oh, I've no. been sick. <laughs> so, so it's a shame, oh. really. I think there's an art with the oysters. Apparently, there's certain alcohols that you shouldn't mix oysters oh, with because it gives them food poisoning. Got it. Yeah. Could be that then. Yeah, I want to say that it's wine, but, <laughs> but correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. It could also just be that maybe the person that, I mean, it basically it's my mum that every time she has an oyster, she always gets food poisoning. But I think it might be the fact that she maybe she drank too much wine. I don't know. <laughs> It's, yeah, who knows with me to be <laughs> What has been your most memorable meal? Ah, memorable meal. There's two actually that stand out. One was a restaurant in Crete um, and it was on the coast and the food was just amazing and I liked it that much I, for the whole holiday. 
I went to the same restaurant and ate the same meal because I'd never tasted anything as lovely oh, as it. Brilliant. And then the other one was at a wedding in Cornwall. And normally when you go to weddings, don't get me wrong, the food's always generally nice. But this was like the, the best meal you'd, you'd, you would have ever had. Really? Um, and it was like... They, they what was it? It was like a roast dinner, but it was the potatoes that were perfect. And they were that perfect. I was like trying to find the chef, but he wouldn't give me the secret oh recipe. Gosh. I was like, so go on, what did you put on the potatoes? But he wouldn't tell me. <laughs> Weddings can be hit or miss, can't they? Yeah, they can be. And I always, I also find that I don't really eat much at weddings because it's such a long day. Yeah, it is. And it's always sort of like taken over by alcohol consumption and whatnot. True, so yeah. Your final question is, live to eat or eat to live? Oh, that's a hard one. Live to eat. Yeah, live to eat. Yay! Live to eat. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the few fun pleasures not, in life. Not that I judge exactly, and not that I judge anyone that wants to eat to live, because yeah. um, that's basically eating to fuel your body. Got it, yeah. Whereas I think you know, living to eat is just enjoying, enjoying eating it, and yeah. enjoying food, and that's what we're all about. They've took that out of food. I think we've took out the the joy of it like okay it can be unhealthy but it can actually be really nice and be a nice you know social thing the subject of food or certain foods carry guilt yeah it's like oh i feel really bad that i ate that you know i'm guilty of it i'm guilty of it most days oh i shouldn't have eaten that piece of cake or i shouldn't have that that crisp or whatever and it's like Really, like at the end yeah. of the day, when all said and done, are you going to be thinking, oh, God, that crisp I had in yeah. like 2020 during COVID <laughs> exactly. really ruined my life. <laughs> exactly. That's it. And on that note, thank you so much for joining me today. It was so lovely to hear about your career. And, you know, and I and I really appreciate your honesty because it is a tough industry yeah. and you've definitely come out the other side and you've got so many great things happening and I can't wait till you can get back out into those recording studios and do what you do best yeah thank Um, you you can follow Rebecca on social media at Rebecca Ferguson underscore underscore until next time thanks that was lovely that thank you thank you for listening and joining me this week please remember to subscribe to the podcast and tell a friend and another and maybe another Don't forget to follow all the crazy sexy antics on Instagram at crazy sexy food. And please visit the crazy sexy food YouTube channel where you will find the food show, how to videos, interviews and everything in between. Until next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.